Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Joe. 5.60 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 5.60 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and thank you for making your way over here. Try to make it worth your while. Hit me up social media at Dan Day Radio, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whole nine yards. I have got you covered. Gonna get you going, get you rocking, get you rolling. It is a star-filled day. First things first, Joe Rose Show. Gonna be talking to the Hawk, Andre Dawson. He's in the Hall of Fame. No one else is going in anytime soon, so might as well hear from him. Then another Hall of Famer, Coach Nick Saban. Maybe not so much with the Dolphins. He is going to be talking with Greeny. Then Hawk and Crowder craziness some gambling bliss and Devonte smith playing big right now let's go big on the headlines the heat kick off a sixth game homestand tonight when they play the nuggets jimmy butler is out while tyler hero goran dragic and avery bradley are questionable tip is at 7 30 patrick hornquist he scored a goal with three seconds left in regulation to tie the game last night then made the winning goal in a shootout as the panthers down columbus Four to three. This is Florida's first ever 3-0 start to a season. The Canes men's basketball team are back in action tonight at six against Florida State. Tua Tungavaloa and top receiving prospect Devontae Smith have talked about and liked the idea of both playing in Miami. Tungavaloa and Smith played together collegiately at Alabama. No players were voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame this year. This is the first time since years and years that this has happened. Inter-Miami has signed teenage prospects Edison Ascona and Ian Frey. Both are homegrown players from Inter's Developmental Academy. It has been announced that the Canes football team will face Notre Dame seven times between 2024 and 2037. And now, let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Sleepjunkie.com is offering $3,000 for a sleep beauty to test mattresses. Paid to sleep? If you can couple that with a beer tasting job, then you really got something. Someone in New York recently returned a library book that was 72 years overdue. I don't know what's more impressive, that the person lived past 72 or that in their advanced stage of life, remember to return the book. A flight attendant released a video sharing hidden places on planes that most people don't know about. Ah, making it into the Mile High Club has never been easier. A 97-year-old Holocaust survivor who recently recovered from COVID-19, when asked what was her secret, says, You can choose life or darkness. I choose life. Keeping it simple. 
Uh, always fun and not always simple with Joe Rose in the morning. I've been here in the mornings lately. When he's not on the radio, he's running around singing, rapping, talking, but he's always having fun. And that's what he brings to you every single morning from 6 to 10 here on 560 The Joe. Extra fun because he is talking to legendary Hall of Fame baseball player Andre Dawson about everything that goes on with the Hall of Fame. He's got some great Pete Rose anecdotes and a whole lot more. Dawson courts at the center. How far did you hit that one, Andre? Look out wherever you are. Oh, it's three to two. That ball went more than 450 feet, I would guess, Tim. Well, all you have to do is watch the reaction of Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> I'll tell you, Roger the Rocket Clemens was aptly named after that pitch. What a rocket. All right, Joe, we got a special guest on the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline. Baseball Hall of Famer, I believe 2010, Andre Dawson, going to join us here, plus Miami native. We should throw that in there first. Andre, good morning. Thanks for the time. Always appreciate it. Good morning, guys. Thank you. Andre, great having you, buddy. Thank you. I, it always seems like, I, I know, you can say it, we always have you around the Hall of Fame, man. I know. It's it's a terrible cool. habit, and and but we can't help ourselves. Hey, wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, on nobody getting in yesterday. Were you surprised? Did you think uh, Schilling, Bonds, or Clemens might get in yesterday? Uh, well, I, I did think that there was a chance that Schilling might get in based on his 70% of the vote the previous year. Uh, Bonds and Clemens, I still feel that, you know, it's not going to happen for them. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you think about nobody getting in, uh, that's, you know, that's a, a rare occasion. Uh, when it comes to uh, the Hall of Fame uh, selection. But I do feel that, you know, uh, perhaps Clemens uh, Bonds, again, it's it's going to be a no-brainer for the most part. Uh, most of the steroid guys that are coming up, it's going to be real tough for them to get in. And I do feel that now uh, Schilling has probably heard his calls. I, I heard uh, kind of out of the blue that he requested uh, to be removed from the ballot next year, I think that's a huge, huge mistake. Right. Considering, you know, some of his comments post-career. But, you know, we'll have to sit back, uh, wait and see what happens. But uh, no, to my surprise, uh, with no one getting in, uh, but I did feel that Schilling did have an outside shot based on what he uh, accomplished with the voting last year. Andre, we have David Ortiz and A-Rod coming up next, two guys that have also been accused. Uh, well, they, they they have used PEDs. Where, where do we go with all, all these guys at some point, all these guys that put up all these monster numbers? Will times change? Will the new as the writers get new writers get in? Do you expect these guys to get in? What do you think happens with this group? Well, the group is kind of across the board when it comes to the steroid topic. Uh, A-Rod is, uh, he admitted, and he tested positive. Right. So he, chances are he won't get in. Um, there's just speculation with, with Ortiz. Uh, Ramirez won't get in. Uh, so, you know, the writers, even though they've softened to a degree, I just think, in all honesty, there are maybe perhaps some guys that, our steroid users 
or were steroid users who are already in the Hall of Fame. But in order to protect uh, uh, the integrity of what the Hall represents, uh, at some point you have to really address uh, how do we handle this this issue with uh, known individuals in order to uh, make sure that, you know, they don't get in. And I think that's the direction that we'll see. I, I guess the other part of this, Andre, is, is how all you guys feel about it. All, all the guys that are in the Hall of Fame that have been in the Hall of Fame. How is it kind of a divided group, or do you think most most of those guys don't want the PED guys in? Well, there have been numerous uh, private discussions among the living Hall of Famers, uh, and it's you know been both privately and publicly, and uh, they do not uh, condone. Uh, the players that uh, were the the known users, and they've gone so far as to say that they want support uh, at that particular stage in the event that there's an induction. So we, uh, I think, as a collective group, have really taken a stance with this. And uh, like I said, we're just you know going to see what happens in the future, and uh, then at that point, I think we'll address it further. Andre, we've had a lot of discussion this morning about this topic, obviously, about guys not getting in. And you know his name keeps popping up also for another reason is Pete Rose uh, of not being in the Hall of Fame because of the gambling stuff. Do you think is there is you think there's a better chance of Pete Rose getting in before some of these steroid era guys? Like, is there is there will there we ever be a day where Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame? Uh, it's a very, very tough question uh, to answer because of. Uh, the unknown fact of what evidence uh, has been garnished uh, with Pete Rose. Uh, I do feel, you know, because the hall is uh, it's a museum uh, of the collective history of a player's career, uh, that's what it is. And uh, it's mainly based on numbers, even though there's a lot of parameters, a, a lot of intangibles that require you uh, to become a Hall of Fame or to be Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, so I've always felt that Pete Rose was a Hall of Fame. Again, I don't know uh, what evidence uh, there is against Pete Rose, but based on his accomplishments uh, during the course of his career, uh, there's still an intangible uh, that comes with uh, what he was accused of, and that's gambling. Uh, so uh, that's kept him out of the Hall of Fame, and uh, if he does uh, present down the road uh, the opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame, I think he would have more of a, a, a better case uh, to get in as opposed to guys that, you know, played the game for selfish reasons, uh, that have screwed the, uh, the numbers uh, of the game itself and uh, who did it basically for selfish reasons. Hey, Andre, uh, got to ask you, we just lost Hammer and Hank, one of the great players of all time, Hank Aaron. Last time we had John, I was telling everybody we were talking this morning about your relationship being in part of that special club, that Hall of Fame, uh, around Hank Aaron, and everybody just admired the guy, what he had gone through growing up as a baseball player, where it started and, and going through as he got the record. Um, you got you got any great memories of uh, any stories with uh, with Hank? I know you spent some time with him. I spent a little bit of time with Hank. Uh, he was it's funny. He was one of those individuals when you know he came into the room 
everything got quiet. <laughs> right. uh, and you could see guys getting, you know, uh, giddy, and they didn't really know what to say. And Hank was, he was sort of a gentle giant. Um, to me, he was really bigger than life. You know, he's uh, he's an individual that I aspired and looked up to and was a hero of mine growing up. And, you know, as much as you like to think that he had a hand in setting the model to follow going forward, he was just, you know, a Hall of Fame human being. And I can recall going to the Hall of Fame for my induction, and I usually, uh, the inductee gets there a day or two before all of um, the other guys get in. And uh, when I checked into the Oda Saga, I went out uh, on the balcony to uh, have lunch with my, my wife and uh, my two kids. And who was sitting there, Hank and his wife, Billy. Wow. And I asked my son, I said, do you know who that is? And he said, no, Dad. And I said, come on, I'm going to get up and go introduce him to you. Wow. And introduce uh, you to him. And... I walked over and uh, I said, Hank, hi, this is my son, Darius. He wanted to meet you. And Hank shook his hand, smiled, and he said, are you going to be like your father? And my son didn't know what to say. And uh, (laughs) he he said, I I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) And from that instance, uh, I could see, you know, how his face lit up because I had talked to him about Hank Aaron and how he was a hero of mine growing up. And at that point, Hank just said, you know, if you know, you, it's only the four of you, you're more than welcome to come over and join us at our table. And, uh, that, you know, that's who he was. Wow. He was so quiet, soft-spoken to the point that you just didn't know what to say to him once you, you know, was in his presence. And, wow, you're talking about a, a huge mm. loss. You, you, you got to put him up there with the cultural icons of any sport. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, guys that played at the, the upper echelon of athletes at any sport, and that's, you know, how I look at Hank Aaron. Yeah, man, that's that, that's great. Andre, last time we had John, I, I still remember you talked about doing a really good job through the years of making sure you're able to get some stuff from some of the greats. Please tell me you have some Willie Mays or Hank Aaron stuff that you're able to get signed. I know it's kind of awkward when great player asks another great player for something – did you do it? Did you get either one of those guys to sign something? I don't have any game used equipment. I do have, you know, autographed baseballs. I have, I did this though. I, I went um, the route of having uh, their uh, paintings on jerseys of theirs, and I had them to autograph the jerseys. Wow. So I, I do have uh, autographed jerseys of uh, both of those players. You know, I would. I was shocked, Andre. Did you see Willie Mays and Hank Aaron played like in twenty three All Star games together? Is it? I, I was like, what? That that's unbelievable. That yeah, yeah unfathomable. I, I mean, uh, Hank for pretty much making the All Star team every year he played, <laughs> and that's incredible. That's like, uh, and I, I look at some of the numbers that are thrown around, and uh, it's just it's crazy. You know, uh, first of all, to be able to play that long uh, injury-free and uh, to go out and be a model of consistency. Right. You know, you shake your head, and that's why you're talking about the greatest run producer ever to play the game. Mm -hmm. You know, this guy, he he was just mega. 
Hey, Andre, we could have put him just – if you wanted to make everything fair, we could have put Willie and Hank on that Montreal cement you played on for years. Wow. Right. <laughs> thing, I shouldn't be no, laughing, I man. Know. I wouldn't wish that yeah. on my ex-wife being up there on that stuff, man. That stuff is tough, man. I wouldn't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, hey, if you're in today's game, like, listen, man, I ain't playing on this stuff. I've been here two years. You see how good I am. Get me out of here, man. Oh, Andre, you're too much, man. That's great stuff. Andre, thank you, man. We uh, really appreciate you spending some time. Um, hey, did your reality show take off? Did you get that reality thing going or not? I, I, I saw they might be doing something. Well, they were they were writing it, and it, it's not really me. It's based on the character. Uh, the, well, the character is based on uh, a simulation of, you know, uh, I guess an athlete yeah. that reached Hall of Fame worthy, and then he takes over a funeral home. Well, it's uh, it's in the final stages of writing. I think. Well, uh, there's a contract that has been set out and. A public relations guy has it as another uh, guy in the industry that's reviewing it, and uh, we'll get back to CBS and move forward with it. So uh, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm grateful that uh, they went this direction. It, it wasn't something I would have ever reached out to anyone in regards to. But remember now, it's uh, it's a fictional drama, so. Uh, you never know what direction they're going to go with these things. <laughs> that's, that's the scary part about it. <laughs> they might have Andre Dawson as some wild guy. I'm going, that's not Andre Dawson. What, what is yeah, that? Yeah, right. so, so I, you know, I'll, uh, if it does uh, take off, I'll be watching this with sweaty palms and a lot of nervousness because, yeah. again, you don't you know what direction they, they go with this kind of thing. Andre, it's great talking to you, man. It's been a while. Really appreciate it. You stay safe, my friend. Thank you for coming on this morning. Thank you. Thank you, guys, man. Listen, call me sometime. Maybe we can can have some lunch and talk about old times. I would love that, man. Matter of fact, I'm going to get a hold of you to set that up, and I'm going to pick the tab up. I've been stealing money for years, Andre. I'll take it. Thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. Stay safe, guys. That's the Hawk. Makes his home in South Florida. And he was heard right here with Joe Rose, who makes his home on this radio station weekdays from 6 to 10. A guy that used to make his home in South Florida, Nick Saban, he's next with Greeny. Oh, yeah. This is 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Hot, strong, young, and dumb, yeah, we had no fear. Way back when we said we'd both be millionaires. Welcome back to 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. Where you at? I'm Dan Day. And, ah, oh man, I did graduate from LSU when Nick Saban was winning a national championship at LSU. That was my senior year. I didn't know Nick Saban was going to go on to be a nightmare for on my university and a nightmare for my team, the Dolphins. But, no, nonetheless, it's okay. Hey, he's had success. And he's interesting enough, I guess. Kind of scowling the whole way through. He hooks up with Greeny. Of course, Greeny always great right here on 560 The Joe from 10 to noon weekdays, talking national championships, talking players, talking about rolling with the punches, and just being Nick Saban. It is my pleasure, as always, to welcome back on the Goodyear Hotline for the first time in the few weeks it has been since he won his seventh national championship, his sixth as the coach of Alabama. Nick Saban is back with me on ESPN Radio. Congratulations, Coach. 
Rainy, how you doing, man? You doing good? I am doing fine. Not as well as you, as as you got, you know, as as, as everything that came together. And you know, we talked a little bit along the way. And you know, I, I guess I'd like to start with this. It's your seventh national championship, culminating a season that was unlike anything that any of us have ever witnessed, and certainly anything you've ever been through. So, how do you think you'll remember this one differently than all the rest? Well, I think this was a great team, and I think all the challenges of this season, all the disruptions that we had, you know, was a challenge for every player to, you know, be able to stay focused, buy in, do the things that they needed to do, uh, not be affected by any circumstances and situations that changed, whether a game got changed, uh, uh, postponed, whether we couldn't have spring practice, whether we couldn't do summer conditioning like we normally do, whether we had players missing for certain games. I mean, this was a season where, you know, I told the players in the beginning, whoever handles the disruptions of this season the best will end up the best in the end. And they certainly did that. They took it to heart. It was a challenge. And actually, I think a lot of the disruptions actually made our team closer. And so the reputation that you have is as one who never stops and smells the roses. You never take a moment to celebrate. How did you celebrate this championship? Well, you know, it's always a great feeling for the players. Um, I really wanted it for this team probably as much as any team I've ever coached because of their resiliency that they showed as a group throughout the season, the leadership that we had, the togetherness we had. This was truly a team. Uh, And for that reason, I, I was really, really happy and excited for them. You're always thinking about what's up next, so... When you ask me how I celebrated, I celebrated for, you know, maybe one day, one night, and then you have all the issues that come with starting all over and trying to build your team for the next year, whether it's hiring staff, uh, helping players, you know, make decisions about where they're going to go and what they're going to do. So uh, you really can't stop and smell the roses much uh, or somebody's going to pass you up in a hurry. That's just the way it is, isn't it? And, you know, I've asked this question over the course of the years to Bob Knight, to Mike Krzyzewski, to Bill Belichick in different circumstances. What drives you at this stage of your life with everything you have accomplished to continue to put everything into it that you have to to stay at the level that you are? Well, I've answered that question. First of all, I hate to lose. Secondly, um, (laughs) I don't care. Your DNA helps you to have pride in your performance, so you want to be the best and do the best for the people in the organization. And, you know, when you're a leader of that organization, now that's a huge responsibility to get everyone else in the organization to have the right mindset to be able to continue on. I say it all the time, you know, success is not a continuum. It's momentary. Uh, And if you don't continue to do the things probably even better than you did them before, uh, someone else is, um, you know, going to try to do it better than you did it, and you're always going to get the other team's best game um, when you're in a, this position, when you win a championship. So, and I think everybody's got to have the right mindset, you know, to face those challenges. Greeny and the great Nick Saban is with me on ESPN Radio. So your old quarterback, Greg McElroy, told a great story when we were talking about the way the game has changed. And he said that when he was at Alabama playing for you, that your definition of a good practice was when the defense dominated and your definition of a bad practice, you would get all mad if the offense had a good day. That was his perspective. I can't vouch for it one way or the other. Clearly the game has changed so much. How has your view of winning football 
adapted with the way the game has changed? Well, I think, you know, to some degree, um, you know, Greg's an offensive player and, you know, they're all outcome oriented guys. Um, uh, <laughs> and I'm a process oriented guy. So you can tell him I said that, uh, but anyway, um, you know, in the beginning, uh, I think football was played to play great defense and you sort of tried to keep yourself from getting beat before you could win. And I think theoretically that's how the game was played, but in the last probably eight, ten, you know, eight, ten years, it's changed dramatically. Points are going up. The rules in college football favor the offense relative to RPOs, blocking downfield, uh, on passes caught behind the line of scrimmage. All these things have really favored point production. So um, we, we have been, you know, like scored more points than anybody in the last couple, three years. And we probably haven't played as well on defense. So I think that you have to be able to score points nowadays uh, to be able to have success. You obviously want to play good defense as well, but um, I don't think anybody's winning these games in the playoffs in college football or big games in college football that can't score points. So we've sort of, you know, changed philosophically a little bit. Uh, It's not really defense first. It's, Really, you know, we gotta we we gotta win however we can win, and the way we've been able to win the last couple of years is outscore people. And and that really, to me, and I said this after the championship game, that's the sign of the really great leader because a lot of people will bemoan, and I know for a while there you were concerned about it, and I don't really love it either, to be honest with you. But many will sit and bemoan, well, this isn't the way we always used to do it, and this isn't as good. But at the end of the day, you had to change your philosophy, or you were going to be left behind, right? No question. There's no question about it. We had to change the way we played offense. You know, we were more of a pro style, run the ball, play action pass, you know, be good on third down, try to have a good passing game for third down. Now it's wide open, you know, every play. But, you know, I have another thought for Greg McElroy, just so we can get this in. Yeah. You know, he, he also should tell you that we always sort of do what our players can do. <laughs> um, so, you know, when we have a quarterback that can throw it and do all that stuff, then we're a little more wide open. And um, so just, just, just a thought. <laughs> he did. I will make sure he hears that. He's probably listening right now. But he did say it to me. He used to say, Greeny, anytime the offense had a good day in practice – Nick was mad. He was furious. He never, that was a terrible day. And when the defense dominated, he was always happy with our effort. That was his, for one way or another, that was his perspective on it. Well, I, I can't, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> but um, I, I coach the defense more. So, you know, I guess my reaction to them not doing things correctly is always a little greater than it is, you know, for, than when the offense does it that way. But when the offense is not doing well, the offensive coordinator is not very happy either. <laughs> but I've kind of changed, you know, that through the years. Uh, I love it when we make big plays on offense. I love it when we make them in practice. But, you know, we also got a coach that we don't give them up to. So um, I, I probably create a little more balance in how I look at things because the game has changed. And Nick, I have to let you go. But one last thing. Please tell me that, that, that you do have some spectacular golf trip planned for this whatever time you do get to smell the roses that there is some spectacular golf in your relatively immediate future uh i think right before we start off season program i'm gonna give everybody a few days off 
and I'm going to go to Florida and play some golf. You, you, you caught me on that one. Okay. Fair enough. That was my, my favorite story of you of all time was the day you had your hip replaced. You did it in the afternoon because you needed to get one more round of golf in in the morning. Uh, Nick, congratulations. Well, and I can tell you this much. I can yeah. tell you those guys in Florida, they're down there waiting on you, you know, because when you come down there with white legs, they, they want you to get your money out, so they're all lined up down there. I can tell you that much. Okay. Well, listen, that is a date if we can make it work. I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this time, as always. Congratulations again. Be well, and we'll check in down the road. Thank you, Nick. Okay. Thank you, Green. Yep. That's the ball coach, Nick Saban. You can play some golf here in South Florida. Imagine seeing him in South Beach, and he's like, oh, yeah, I just got off the golf course. You don't play football. I don't care about you. Or you can't make me money. I don't care about you. Or maybe he's not like that. Maybe he's really cool. Maybe on the golf course he'll let you play through or play with you. Or maybe he'll buy you a beer down in South Beach. Maybe. Maybe. No maybe about it. It's always fun with Hawk and Crowder. Gambling bliss from those guys next. Here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty four hours. I am Dan Day. Don't delay. Follow me on social media at Dan Day Radio, where you can also download the podcast for this show for absolutely free wherever you get your podcast, the Radio.com app, or you can go to our website, WQAM.com. Of course, you can always hear Hawk and Crowder weekdays from two to six. Oh man, it's good to have a good break. You had some serious Nick Savings from Andre Dawson earlier in the show. Now let's have some fun with Hawk and Crowder. They're talking gambling bliss and Devontae Smith playing big. Oh, a beat number to start the uh what's today? Wednesday? Wednesday show? Sing along with this Crowder? Sing along. My whole life. First of all, you know I don't know words to songs that I actually like, let alone. (laughs) Oh, how dare you say you don't like Pharrell and Happy. Nah, it's a good song, but. Oh, your son's too old. I've heard this a million times on that damn Minions. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. I've heard it on the radio, but yeah. So we had an incredible gambling victory last night. And, I, you know, rarely uh, as a gambler do you get a, a victory quite like we had last night. We bet the Panthers-Blue Jackets over last night, over five and a half goals. There were three goals scored in the first period. I watched the entire Panthers game last night. Three goals scored in the first period. You get down to the end, and so it's pacing really well because now you just need three more goals over the next two periods. Anywho, gets down to the end of the game, and it is three to two, Columbus. And there is, you know, a minute and a half left when the Panthers finally pull the goalie. And they, they really just can't get anything doing. They have a decent chance with about 10 or 11 seconds. And then there's a face-off, and uh, honestly, with one second on the clock, the Panthers tie the game at three. So not only as Panthers fans are we happy, because you're getting a point regardless, and then you're going to have a chance in overtime or then a shootout, which is where they want it. Um, But we hit the over with one second left in regulation. It was, (laughs) talk about happy. 
We were happy. It was just That's, happy. Gambling makes you feel alive. Those are one of those moments. It really was. It really is. Yes. Gambling can make you feel alive at times. And that was one of those moments where you just, I, I, I just, I yelped. I, it just came out of me. It was like you with the hibachi when they throw the shrimp. I couldn't even help myself. Bah! <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> it was like a Muppet. Bah! And... <laughs> and another funny thing about last night, I mean, you know, my wife, I told you, every time I watch a random game, because she knows who I see, Dolphins She and knows the you bet, yeah. <laughs> so now she knows I gamble when I'm watching these random, you know, UFC fights or college basketball in the middle of the day. So she'll just ask me, oh, yeah, who you betting on, whatever. So then last night, I had to explain to her. She was like, you're watching hockey? I said, yeah, yeah, we bet on it. Who, you bet on the Panthers? No, we bet on the over. She was like, the over? I was like, yeah, both teams combined have to score six points. She said, you're betting on both teams? She said, you have a problem. I said, no, 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 this is normal. That's, <laughs> just, that's better. That's better. You're doubling your chances. You're not just betting on one team. We yeah, broke so the system. I think next time Asia sees you, she's going to have a long sit down with you about what you've done to me. And somebody texts in, Solana, you were right. It was a barn burner. It really was a barn burner. You nailed it, Solana. Barn burner. It was a barn burner. So, hey. and then it goes to uh, it goes to overtime. And I have to tell you, Sergei Bobrovsky, in overtime, the uh, Blue Jackets get a power play. And Sergei Bobrovsky was lights out. In overtime against a power play. It was ridiculous. And then the Panthers go on to win the game in uh, in a shootout. And uh, it was Patrick Hornquist that had the uh, the goal. And Brendan Tobin, who does mornings on 790 The Ticket with Leroy Horde, made what I believe to be one of the best parody songs in radio history because it's Patrick Hornquist and Steve Goldstein on Fox Sports Florida gave you just a perfectly enunciated horn quist at the end of the game when he won it on the shootout. And uh, Tobin put together Miso Hornquist. Play this if you have it, Solana. Hornquist! 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 God, made me. I mean, I was cackling watching that. He posted it to Twitter last night. So, fun, uh, fun night of gambling. And so now the Panthers are three and zero. By the way, so that's fun. That's fun. And then I saw a story today, right before we came on the air. Uh, Local Ten on their website, Brian Flores says Dolphins have had conversations with wide receiver Devontae Smith. And uh, I'm just reading the. Uh, the article that's posted at Local10.com, Flora said, we've had some conversations. Look, he's obviously a very talented player, very productive player in college, someone who is, I think, going to have a very good NFL career. Um, Flora's continued, he's tough, he's smart. We would have loved to have seen him this week, but it's good to kind of meet him. Seen him in practice, I mean, but it's good to meet him, spend time with him, and find out what kind of person he is. The football character, the toughness, the competitiveness, he's a very good player. 
I think Dolphins fans are getting excited about this guy. I certainly have been after uh, after the national championship game. So, oh, Got he me. should. And these yeah. stories about his size. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. Right. Right. One of the handful of receivers in the history of time to win the Heisman. Let's let's take it easy on the size, man. Always going big with Hawk and Crowder. Those are my dude dudes right there. Solana jumps in. Oh man, have so much fun. So many good things. So won't you join them? Won't you join us all all day long? Because we got all your sports coverage here on five sixty. And of course at six o'clock, we run it back. That's the new famous saying that everyone likes to use now. Run it back. With 560 The Joe, Radio Rewind. Later, slug. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.